You're listening to the weekly podcast of Hope Community Church, where we desire to see people transformed by the love of Christ. Join us as we study God's Word together. Well, it's great to be with you, and a very nice welcome there from Pastor Joel. Really thankful for him and Ellen, the whole team here, and uh, to be with you. I'm looking forward to what uh, God is going to do in these uh, months ahead, and indeed that we can be stronger together and say, even with the challenge of changes, that our heart is to see more people uh, come to know Jesus and to grow in their relationship with Him. And but that always involves, you know, like how do Mary and I, when we had one child, it was sort of easy, then two, then three, then four, then five, saying, okay, how does that? Uh, how, how do things sort of adjust, and what does that mean with children sharing bedrooms and? And all the rest, but we'll uh, trust Jesus as we move ahead. But glad to be here today. Um, I will uh, stick around after the service. Would be glad to say hi and just to interact. And uh, so, thank you for being uh, here today. Uh, you've been going through the book of Second Corinthians, and uh, Pastor Joel asked if I would come and preach today, and I really feel I'm glad to do so. And and I love the passage that I get to speak from today. There's something about God's word that gives us perspective on what we face today, right? How a book that was written uh, 2,000 and more years ago can have such relevance for today and that we can say, God, thank you for giving us perspective. Let me, let me uh, start with today and some of what we face and then we'll look at God's Word and how it uh, applies to us today, okay? I, I really enjoy being a pastor. I get a front row seat of what God is doing in people's lives when marriages are healed or chains of addiction are broken, as Carolyn come up and talk about, or, or when someone has a life-changing encounter with Jesus. A lot of great things, but I deal with a lot of pain as well, a lot of pain. And I uh, walk beside people who have had suicide in the family or just a, a sudden loss or some kind of devastating relational breakdown or whatever. And, and uh, sometimes my heart is heaven. I think, God, thank you for your word that gives perspective. Let me just give you a couple examples here. And I want you to think of what in your own life, what would you say, this is sort of the pain that, or trouble that I face today. And then I want us to see what the scriptures say about that. A couple examples just recently. Sitting in the front row at Grace and as I normally do, when a family comes to sit next to me, mom and dad, probably like four kids, and find out they've been coming to Grace for maybe six weeks. But it's the first time they'd sat near me, and I, I, we got to talk during the greeting time, and, and the dad said, well, we, we've been through a really tough time recently. I said, oh, well, what happened? And, and uh, he told me how their son, 15-year-old, was walking down the sidewalk, middle of the afternoon, drunk driver was walk, driving down a street in Cleveland, and uh, came up over the tree lawn and hit their son. But son couldn't get out of the way. It happened so quickly. Son flips up in the air, and he goes, and it was, it was a disaster for us. His son has lived, but his son was in an induced coma for a while. Uh, he's had four surgeries, and it's just changed. I mean, um, when he came to church, he was able to come a few weeks later. Uh, this is just a couple of weeks ago. Son was in a wheelchair, and here's this 15, 16-year-old boy you just go, wow, this family, is, they've been, it's been turned upside down, right? I mean, it's just been a, a huge, life-altering kind of devastation. Second situation. Uh, a few Saturdays ago, Mary and I are at uh, Grace, and we uh, go up to uh, the chapel area, and we meet Lonnie. And Lonnie's receiving friends and family who are coming to pay respects to her husband, who had died a few days prior, 
in his early 40s uh, to the dreaded cancer. Two little children, or relatively young children, and I just, I looked and I thought, wow, here's Lonnie, you know, joining a, a club of widows that uh, you don't, no one ever wants to join. Two daughters who are facing a lot of their lives without a dad involved and just wondering, what is the road going to be like ahead? I wonder what's going on in your life. You might go, it's not that big. But, but what is it you'd say, life isn't going the way that I wish it were right now? Or something's happened that you say it still impacts you today in a way that you say, this, is, this has been a challenge for me. Like this, this causes, this, this is heartache in my life. Have you found that there's a couple of ways that we can respond to that? You see, some people who go through a challenge in life and they begin just to drift away from a relationship with God. I had one guy tell me, he said, if God could have prevented this in my life and he didn't, I don't, I don't trust him. I, I don't trust him. And they begin to walk away and you, and you watch and it just breaks your heart. You think the very, like what they can hold on to in, in a relationship with Christ is what they're leaving because they, and you've heard people say, if, if God is powerful and all loving, how can a God like that allow suffering in the world, Right? And you see people drift away. But then you've seen something else happen, right? You see people go through a challenging time. You know, the, the Perez family were sitting in the front row and their son had been hit. I talked to the dad, Ramon, and Ramon was telling me, uh, he said, hey, you know, and, um, when is the baptism? Because three of my other children want to be baptized. And I watched them singing and they're raising their hands in worship. And I just thought, wow, there's a family that instead of pulling back, they're leaning into their faith, Right? Lonnie, when Mary and I greeted Lonnie, his new widow, and she, she said, Jonathan, she said, what I hold on to, she goes, I know that my husband is as alive as he's ever been. She goes, he, he, it's, it's a temporary separation. And she said, Jesus was so present on the journey, even in the dark days and the pain. She goes, I just, I know that I'm not alone. <laughs> I see the smile on her face. You ever have this situation where you walk away from someone in pain and you go, I think like they encourage me more than I encourage them. And you think, how does my life, how can I be like this person over here where whatever I go through, there's that I just lean into my faith and I grow and not like this over here where suffering causes me to drift and to leave my faith behind. How do I be like that? That's what Paul talks about in our passage today. I'd love to have you turn me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And, and this is just a great, I love this book, by the way, this letter that Paul writes to people. And, and, uh, and Paul's going through all kinds of suffering himself. And he talks here about perspective. In fact, I think these could be some of the theme verses of this book. And, uh, and really the secret for people who overcome, who experience inner growth, even in the midst of pain. And I believe that these words, if you can, these, these might even be ones you commit to memory. That you say, God, this is what I want to be my perspective in life. So let's just read the last few verses of this chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. And here's what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, therefore, we do not what? We don't lose heart. You go, that's what I want. I, I don't want to lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. 
Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I love how Paul puts that. Now you might read that and you go, there's like a lot of ethereal words there. Like he's talking about glory and unseen and temporal and all kinds of you know, stuff. What does Paul really mean? I want to break this down here. First of all, Paul would start off and say, hey, hard times come, right? It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Um, he starts off and says, our bodies um, are outwardly wasting away. Outwardly wasting away. I love the verse in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, chapter 15 where Paul in the New Living Translation says this, Paul says, our bodies now disappoint us. Our bodies now disappoint us. And everybody over the age of 40 said, amen. amen. Everybody under the age of 40 said, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, fine, you just wait, right? Just wait. All the people around you are going, oh yeah, my shoulder hurts, my stomach, you know, and my mother tells me sometimes, say, hey mom, how you doing? Mom's 84. And she goes, I don't want to give you my organ recital, you know, you know, my kidney this, my liver, my lungs, my ears. My, um, our bodies are outwardly wasting away, right? It's just what happens. In fact, you could say that from the moment you're born, you begin the process of what? Of dying. That's not to be morbid. That's just the way we are in a broken world, that the moment you were born, that you begin the process of, of dying. Paul says, our bodies are wasting away. There are things that happen not only in our bodies, but in our relationships and otherwise the pulses. That, that happens. But he, but he goes on. He goes, our bodies are wasting away, but inwardly something opposite is happening. He said, our bodies are wasting away, but inwardly we're being what? Renewed day by day. Isn't that what you want to happen? You go, even if my body begins to fall apart, that doesn't have to define what happens in my soul. That even as my body has frustrations or I got a diagnosis or whatever, that, that my, I can inwardly, my soul can grow and be renewed day by day. You go, how does that happen? How does it happen? How does it happen for Lonnie, this new widow? How does it happen for the Ramon family whose son is hit by a drunk? How do they sort of be renewed day by day? You know what Paul would tell us here? He'd go, it's all a matter of your perspective. It's your perspective. Listen to what Paul says. The first verse he says, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly renew day by day, for our light in momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. It's seeing the bigger picture. Some of you got sort of, you're like, is Jonathan going to do some artwork for us today? Indeed I am, and I'm terrible at it, but I'm a visual learner, so maybe this will be helpful for you as well. Um, can you all see this okay? If I, I'll, try to, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to draw a big here, but there's two ways I think the Apostle Paul says that we can live. Now, some of us live in our focus. He talks here about troubles. And there are people who you meet them and you say, how you doing? And they go, oh, man, you really want to know? Man, I've got my job situation and I, you know, my back is killing me. And, and they're really in touch with their troubles, right? Troubles are what, in fact, have you ever had something where someone goes, hey, how you doing? You go, yeah, I got to have back surgery. Oh, back. Let me tell you about my back. And, and they go on for like 10 minutes and you're like, I was just telling you about my back, but now it's turned into your back. And, and, uh, but their focus is on here. They're, they're really good at like country music songs and everything, you know. I just lost everything. My pickup truck doesn't, you know, and my family. And they, but if you talk to a Christian, they'll go, they might even still live like this, but they'll say, oh, oh, I, I know there's something better to come. 
Someday, there's going to be glory. Can't read that in the back. But where's their focus? Their focus is on their troubles. They think about this almost all the time. This is what, if you ask them in conversation, you're like, oh, they're pretty consumed with that. They know that glory is still to come. And a lot of us, we live like this. Paul says, we know that our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us, what? A glory. And friends, this is the other possibility. You can live thinking about the greatness of who God is, about what's to come and say, man, I know that as a follower of Jesus Christ, I've joined a new family. I'm part of a kingdom. My life here is so brief compared to the glory that is still to be revealed. And, and, and you know, the word in the Hebrew for glory, the Old Testament written in Hebrew, is kavod. It means heavy. It sort of, it means just like a weightiness. There's something it's not like to be taken lightly. When you look at um, the Grand Canyon, you've been, maybe been out there and you just, you, you, you pull up and you, you part and you're like, oh, and it sort of takes your breath away. Or you go to the Niagara Falls and you see the water just pouring over and you go, this happens every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every year for decades. And this is And there's the heaviness, there's glory. And you think of not just the artwork, but the artist himself, and you go, he's, he's known for his glory. There's a weightiness to who God is. If you're a Christian, does that mean you deny your pain? No, you still know there are what? There are troubles. But it's all a matter of your focus, right? Let me ask in your life, what are you looking at? Is your focus here where you say, oh, I'm really in tune with my troubles? I, I tend to, I just, you know, I think my personality, I'm just a negative person by nature, Eeyore, what they call me, you know. And is, is troubles what you're known for? Would you say, I, I know about my troubles, but I'm, I'm, I really believe that I know that God is, there's a bigger picture here. You know why it's so easy to focus down here? This is where I tend, even this morning, you know, something happened and I just go, wow, it's so easy to keep this as my focus because this is what Paul says is we focus not on what is, he goes, our troubles are seen. He goes, the glory is what? Unseen. What do we tend to look at? We tend to look at what our eyes can see, right? Right? You've got to, to, to look up here at the glory. God is invisible. Heaven, we don't see. We don't, we don't see the demonic, you know, or the angelic powers around us. And so we need to make a choice to be able to lift up and to see the unseen. Our tendency is to focus down here because, because this is just so visible. This one takes faith, right, to believe. But Paul says, when you live up here, he goes, this is so much greater than this. This puts this in perspective. This right here is nothing compared to how great this is. When you live with this as the focus of your life, then your roots go deeper. Your faith gets stronger, even in the challenging times of life. He goes on, though, and he, he mentions, uh, and, and let me just, there's a, uh, a verse in Romans that I, I, I love. Paul just he, he talks about this kind of scenario in numerous of his letters. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, Paul says, Yet what we suffer now, this right here, he says, is nothing 
compared to the glory that we will experience later. He says, this right here is nothing compared to the glory that we will one day experience. You know, I think this is one of the authenticating parts about Christianity, that um, Christianity doesn't deny pain, doesn't shy away from pain. Uh, in fact, it tells us where it came from. Uh, that we know that we believe the Bible teaches that in the beginning God created everything and he looked and he said, it's very what? It's very good. It's good. And then the people who he, whom he created, they, they, they turned their backs on God and said, thanks, but no thanks. And their sin infected every part of creation. So that uh, there are natural disasters, there's typhoons, there's you know, earthquakes and all the rest. It affected our bodies so that we have disease. It affected our relationships so there's divorce and there's relational breakdown. It affects, you know, it, it just everything. But when Jesus came, Jesus began to reverse that curse of sin, right? Begins making everything new. And someday it says he's going to wipe every tear away and there'll be no more mourning or sickness or crying or pain, right? That this, these troubles will be no more. So Christianity gives us sort of a sense of where did evil come from, sickness, troubles, and, and how is it going to be dealt with? When someone goes, I, I can't trust a God like that, usually my response is, so what do you make of the world? Like, how do you explain our existence here? Because if you reject what the Bible says about the world and about God and about us, you know, why are we here? Where do we come from? Where are we going? What, what is your alternative? Do you think we just sort of came up as a cosmic accident? We just sort of mutated to, and there's no purpose in life? Is that more encouraging for you? I think that's depressing, Right? And so even in the pain, we, we would come back to the scriptures and say the Bible gives us perspective. The Bible doesn't deny our troubles. The Bible just says there is something that's so much greater. And so Paul goes on here, and then he, he gives us a couple more words here that we'll write. Um, I think Paul would uh, tell us, I think he'd say, you know, I think you're not thinking enough about this, and you're thinking too much about this. So he says, let me tell you a few things about these things. He says, our troubles, he gives two words. Which ones are these? He says, our troubles are, that's right, light. He's not talking about light versus darkness. He's saying light versus heavy. They're, they're light. And, and what else? They're momentary. If we were to draw that on a, you know, on a timeline, we would say there's a, there's a limited time. It, it starts and then it stops. Our Troubles, he says, are light and momentary. Let me just say, that, that can be offensive, what Paul says right there. If you were here at the beginning when Eric was uh, leading us in worship, the team did a great job. And, and Eric talked about the first time he did, had played that one song, uh, You Give and Take Away. He says, I, we sang that, he said, and there'd been a family that had a baby that week and they lost their baby. I tell them their troubles are light and momentary. I tell a family if someone was hit by a drunk driver, it's light and momentary. A woman who lost her house, whatever's in your life, what you're going through right now, what I tell you, what you're going through is light and momentary? You say, that's offensive. You know what Paul is saying here? When Mary and I had, we had, we had five children, and when my wife was in labor, um, she did not get like, she didn't get the shot, you know? So she, uh, she, she told me, this hurts, you know? <laughs> there's pain here. What if I, in Mary's great pain and labor, just said, hey, babe, you know? 
Light and momentary. Come on now. <laughs> Say it with me here, all right? Light and momentary, right? What might she have done? Right? Just a couple of black eyes. She's a karate person. You know, she would have like, let me have it, right? But two weeks later, when Mary's holding one of our babies in her arms, and you say, hey, how was labor for you? What is she going to say? She's going to go, oh, it, yeah, it, was, it, 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 it was intense. I, I, but compared to this, oh, I'd go through it 100 times over again, right? Compared to the glory of holding this baby in my arms, that puts my troubles in focus. Tremendous pain, but it was light compared to this and momentary Compared, Paul uses another couple of words here. Paul says, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us what kind of a glory? He says, an eternal glory. In other words, it goes on for, it'll never, ever end. It's not momentary, it's eternal. He goes, an eternal glory that, what, far, far outweighs. I think he's going back to that word for glory, where glory means heavy. My dad, who died five years ago, um, this past, it was, it was October 10th, dad would have this, he said, um, when you keep in perspective what Jesus has waiting for us, he said, what you're doing is you're trading an ounce of pain for a ton of joy. In the long run, you're in labor, it's an ounce of pain compared to the joy that one day will be ours. So what are you looking at? Is your tendency to be down here? Or do you say, no, I, this, this, is, this, is what, this is what I want. You go, how do I... I know how often it's easy to live here because this is what's seen. This is what I, you wake up to, you go, yep, the water heater didn't work and the car is not running or whatever. How do, you, how do you pick up your eyes to look at this right here? Paul tells us. He starts off, he says, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all, right? So we what? So we fix our eyes. That's a word that's used a lot in the, in the Bible. You fix your eyes, you glue, you fasten them. You, if our, our kids tend to move far away. So our four kids, we have a son who's a senior, Andrew, and we have four kids who moved away. The closest one lives in Colorado. I tell my kids, I say, like, do you not like us? No, I'm just, they're just adventuresome. So we have two daughters right now living overseas. And let's say that Mary, she told me, she said, hey, you know one of these planes flying overhead? One of our daughters is going to fly in today, and she's going to come in during the second service at Hope Community Church. And she said she's coming through the front doors. Where are my eyes going to be while I'm preaching? I'm going to be looking here and there, but I'm going to be like, my eyes are going to be fixed, right? I'm going to be looking regularly saying, I am waiting for the day that my, or the hour, or the moment that my daughter walks through the door. I'm fixing my eyes. There's a choice, right? 
When you know something is going to happen, you can fix it. Paul says, so knowing that this is true, he says, we fix our eyes. Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is, is eternal. You fix your eyes. You say, Lord, I'm making a conscious choice to to let you be the focus of my life. There's a verse in Colossians chapter 3 that I just really love. Paul, Paul again, he, he comes back to themes in different letters. And in Colossians 3, he says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. I mean, if Christ is really at the center of your life, he says, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. He's saying, don't, don't, don't focus your mind here. He says, don't set your sights here. Set your sights up here. Set your sights on, will to, on what's to come. And when you do that, you won't lose heart. Because if you're in the middle, you go, this is, this is my life. This, my life is terrible. If this is what it is, I don't know if I want to live. And Paul says, you got to fix your eyes, not on what you see, but on what is unseen, right? Because there's something so good still to come. And if we were talking about there's unseen realities that we know that Jesus didn't just ascend and go to heaven, he says, surely I will be what? With you always, even the very, so he's with us. We fix our eyes on the unseen reality that, that Jesus is with me all the time, that his angels are, and we can know. You know, this is even the example of Jesus. You know, when you read in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, when the author says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, and let us fix our what? Eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who really set an example for us, right? He says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. If his eyes would have been fixed on the troubles of his own life, the disciples not really getting it, deserting him in his greatest moment of need, cross being rejected, I mean, just, he would have gone, I'm, this is it. But for the joy set before him, he knew that the troubles were not the end. He knew that the joy set before him says he endured the cross, despising his shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. So what are you looking at? Are you looking at your troubles? Or have you made a choice to say, God, every day I want to fix my eyes. I wish I had more time to talk about this, but when Paul says inwardly we're being renewed, what, day by day by day. Friends, this is like a daily decision, Right? where we take God's word and we say, Lord, your word is the lamp for my feet. You give me light for like two steps ahead, right? And day by day, it's not like you and I are, I know I'm an empty bucket, right? Or I should say a bucket with a hole in it. And I need to come to Jesus every day and say, Lord, would you fill me up? Would you just fill me with a sense of your presence? Would you help me to see you today? Would you help me to walk in your agenda and not my own? Lord, I want to fix my eyes up here. I want to see the unseen. I want you to be the focus of, of my life. We fix our eyes on Jesus. Just one more thing here, and then I'll close with uh, uh, an example. Um, there's an interesting phrase in verse 17. Paul says that, he says that our suffering, he says our light and momentary troubles are what? achieving for us a glory 
He doesn't say our light and momentary troubles are followed by glory. That's what I would expect him to say. You're going to go through a lot of stuff here, but it's going to be followed by glory. He said, in some way, this right here is helping to achieve a glory. What does he mean by that? You know, I think Paul is saying, I think he's saying, your suffering is never wasted. We sang in that song earlier, even in the valley you are faithful, you're working for our what? For our good and for your glory, right? That, that your suffering is never, whatever you're going through today, if you can say, God, this, isn't, this hasn't surprised you, you're not wringing your hands going, oh my, what do I do with Jonathan? I don't know how to get him out of this. It, he, it says in Genesis 50, God takes even the evil in our lives and he turns it into what? Into good. That was Joseph's testimony. I suffered horrific abuse by his family. It was, it was terrible, unjust accusations, put in prison, incarcerated wrongly. And he goes, God took what you intended for evil and he turned it into good. Friends, your suffering is never wasted. God can use your troubles, embracing him in faith, to achieve for you an eternal glory. I don't know how that works, but I can tell you this. When I've seen people suffer and they walk into their relationship with Jesus instead of out, they, they just become deeper, more mature, uh, peace-filled. Just, you go, they have character. Something about them. Achieving an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. What kind of person do you want to be? You want to be a person who's down here and you go, and we can go back and forth, but where do you want, where do you want your default to be? I think you'd all say, Jonathan, that's dumb. Yeah, I don't want to be down here. I don't want to be overwhelmed by my troubles. But what does it take to come up here? How, how do you get in this place where you say, I know up here, these are the people who don't lose heart. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. He had been through all kinds of stuff. He said, we don't lose heart. Let me close with this story. There was a phenomenal swimmer named Florence Chadwick back in the 1950s, just a world-class athlete who broke all kinds of long-distance swimming records. Um, faster than any woman in history, she swam across the English Channel. In fact, when she got across from one side to the other, they, they said, how do you feel? And she said, I feel quite well. In fact, I feel like I could swim right back. That's exactly what I would have said as well. I, not... <laughs> No, I just, uh, 21 miles, open water. And you think of open water swimming, that's a whole lot more challenging than swimming in a pool. Why? Why is it harder to swim in open water like an ocean? Yeah, currents, you're facing waves, you got sharks, you've got, you know, boats, you, you just, it's just a tough environment, right? Well, Fl uh, Florence Chadwick said, I'm, I'm not just going to do the English Channel, I want something more challenging. So she decided she wanted to swim from Catalina Island to the coast of California. So one day, she has the, some boats around her to help support her. She, she starts off on this 26-mile journey. And a couple miles in, she's like, I, I don't feel right. Something's wrong. I feel like I'm... Turns out one of the boats had been leaking oil. And she had been ingesting this. And it was just causing her to cough. And so they take that boat out of the little protective armada. And she continues swimming, but she's not feeling great. And then a fog, this intense fog comes up over the water, and she can't see. And she said later, she said, I felt like I was swimming in circles. I just, I didn't know where I was. And so she, she finally, she did something she had never done before. She looks up at the people in the boat, and she goes, I'm done. Pick me, pull me on. 
And they pull her and she goes, so how, how far are they making? They said, well, you swam 25 and a half miles. You had a half mile to go. But she couldn't see the shore. The fog had so blinded her to the reality of where the shore was that she lost heart. She wasn't done trying. She said, I'm doing this again. But this time it was different. Florence Chadwick said that when she began her swim, that 26 miles, she said, I had in my mind an image of the California shore. I could see it in my mind. And she said, as I began to swim, in my mind, I, I saw the beach. And, I kept, and, and she began to, and again, an intense fog came and, and, and blind. she couldn't see the shore even when she was just a few, she couldn't see anything. But in her mind, she was seeing what? She was seeing the unseen. She fixed her eyes on what she knew to be true even though she couldn't see it. And because of that, when she reached the shore, there was this great celebration and she had reached her goal. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, we're wasting away. Inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So what are you looking at today? Let's fix our eyes on our great God and all that he's promised. Let's just pray and ask him to make it true for us. Jesus, I want to thank you for your patience with me. I thank you, Lord, that when I get my eyes just glued on what is happening in the world today or my own life or something with one of my children, that can be overwhelming to me. And I, 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 get, I get just my eyes stuck on what's today and on what I can see. Lord, I, I pray that I, all of us together, would, would make a decision tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday to say, today I'm going to fix my eyes on what I can't see but what I know to be true. And eternal glory, the greatness of my Savior. Lord, you know far better than I. You know what every person here is going through. Where the pain and the challenge exists, Thank you that you know, that you care, that your love is so great. And Lord, I pray that as each one here leans into you, that they would see that their suffering is not wasted, but is achieving for them that eternal glory. Lord, we believe, help us in our unbelief, we pray. In your powerful name, we trust you. And everyone agreed and said, amen. amen. We pray that God will use this message to draw you deeper into a meaningful relationship with Him. Hope Community Church is located in Olmstead Falls, Ohio. If you would like to find out more about our church, please visit us at hopeolmstead.org.